to the Hacking Your Health podcast with Ben Kenning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. It's Dave Kennedy or Hacking Dave from the Hacking Your Health podcast. Just want to say if you enjoy what we're doing here, what you're listening to, uh, please share us. We're all over Instagram, Discord, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Uh, check us out at we, you know, HTTPS wehack.health as well as our Discord server, which is discord.gg slash wehackhealth. Pretty much everything is wehackhealth. But, you know, thanks again for all the support, um, all of the stories that you're sharing. Uh, you know, share your successes, your struggles. That's what this community is here, here is for. That's why we do this podcast, and your energy supports us. So thank you so much, and I uh, hope you enjoy the podcast. Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. I am Ben Canning. I'm Dave Kennedy. And this is Hacking Your Health Podcast, the actual first one that we recorded actually is, in this year. It is actually the very first. Why is my, my, my screen? Yeah, there we go. There we go. Wait, it's still blurry. Isn't it blurry? All right. Yeah, there we go. Um, sorry for those that... <laughs> Apologies for the 31 people that watch this on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube. Um, no, it actually is our first podcast of the year officially because we had recorded uh, technically episode one of, of this year uh, last year uh, prior to this. So this is officially the celebration uh, of making it through last year, 2022. We're getting close to 100 episodes, right? Uh, no. We're mid-year, on, mid-year. Well, yes, we're getting closer to 100. We're on 73. Yeah, so I just got I got excited. I got excited. I was like, "Oh, when's the hundredth episode going to be?" And I was like, "Google now between how many weeks is it going to be?" So yeah, I mean, we're getting closer. We're de- every week we're getting closer. Yeah, for sure. We're we're, we're definitely above the the mark of of not being close, right? Yes, we definitely are closer than we were last year. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, um, yeah. No, how was your? Well, first of all, how was your holidays, man? Uh, very. Do you know what? Actually, I have to fully admit, I just unplugged from a lot of stuff. Um, I didn't really track anything, didn't track my food, didn't track any metrics, my sleep, my steps, didn't give a shit about anything, just completely unplugged. And going into the start, well, I was meant to have my check-in with James and Sunday. I was like, look, I don't have any information for you. I'm sorry. I just completely unplugged from everything. I didn't intend to, but just the way I fell with everything. I, and he was like, don't worry, dude, I did the same. I was like, okay, cool. That's cool. Um, so I think I hadn't, hadn't intended on doing it the way that I did, but I think just, I guess, by the end of the year and the busyness, I just probably my body knew that I needed to do it. So I just couldn't get my head into tracking anything. Um, it was good to sort of detach. I played a lot of, uh, Call of Duty with Matt, which was entertaining. We both sort of had more time in our hands, so we were. Are you in guys on PC, Xbox, or PlayStation? PlayStation, but you can cross oh, platform, you so you can okay. come and, and join us if you do want. We do need a third might, team member. Is it Modern Warfare? Is that the one you're doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I might, I might, I might think about that. <laughs> I started playing Apex with my kids over the holidays, so uh, I've been playing a ton of Apex with with the kids. They're like, Dad, you're 
you're a sweat. You're really good. I'm like, yeah, I've been playing first person shooters for like 30 years, man. Like, you know? well, we need, we need you on the team. Cause we all, so you go in, you go in in teams of three and like, we always end up with some complete random and me and Matt are totally fucking useless. But, uh, it was very, it was, it actually got to the point where I was like, you know, we wake up in the morning, text each other, like, what time are we going to Almazra? And he was like, I'll let you know. So, uh, but that stopped because we're back to normality and we're back to work. But, uh, if you do want to get it, then we'll get into it. But yeah, we play a lot of that. Um, which was actually good fun. Like I've never, I haven't been into sort of computer games in a very, very long time. So it was good to just sort of do something that wasn't work oriented and just sort of actually decompress with things. Coming back into, uh, normality, we'll say. And I actually feel like I, so I tweeted on Sunday, can't wait to get back to routine tomorrow, talking about Monday, which was obviously the second. I got a bit of hate from people like why tomorrow? And I went, well, what I meant by tomorrow was Harper's back to daycare. I'm back to work properly. I get my shit together. I'm starting the new trainer block. Give me a fucking break. So, uh, got, got back into normal routine, um, on Monday, which was really good. Like I, I'm definitely a person that needs structure and routine. Started in the new training block, started into a surplus, going to grow my beard, not my bread. Um, along with, with being in a surplus. So I'm excited for what the first six months of the year with a lot of travel brings as well. Well, you know, technically you're, you're adding additional weight with the beard. So yes. you're actually burning more calories. So you're totally in expen- and yeah. energy. I can actually hide, hide stuff in it too. So if I like, you know, have like a <laughs> kilo plate or something hidden in my beard, but yeah, no, uh, things are good in the scent. Holidays were good. It was good to detach, unwind, reset. Um, but it's good to be back to normality. What about you? It was good. I had a great set of holidays. Um, you know, I didn't miss a training block at all. In fact, I got an extra one in for the new year on Sunday. I was like, I can't not, sk-, you know, like the first of the year, I can't uh, not do it. And I had, I was, had talking to, I was talking to David Boyd. He was like, I had to get one in because I couldn't get you and Dave beat me. I was like, I didn't train. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I didn't say I was training. I was like, Dave said he was training. I said, I was okay. I definitely didn't train. <laughs> <laughs> I got a nice, nice uh, back at bicep session uh, knocked out on Sunday and then uh, went right at it again. So um, no, it was good. I um, went to Michigan to go see my grandma. And, uh, there was like this, uh, she lives kind of like in this really small town in the middle of Michigan. And, uh, so there was this really tiny gym, uh, that I went to and I actually enjoyed it. Had a good time. Got, got a couple of lifts in. I went to orange theory and, um, and so I just have to say, uh, so there's this, there's this thing called orange Everest, which I don't think I, t- I don't, we hadn't, we didn't do a podcast last week, so we wouldn't be able to talk about it. So, um, so uh, there's a thing called Orange Everest, which is basically just a shit ton of hills. So you're like going 1%, 2%, 3%, all the way up to 15%, and then all the way back down again. And you're doing this for 23 minutes. And my last PR was at 2.25. And you know I was in uh, Holland, Michigan, which is uh, close to Grand Rapids. And so I was at the Holland uh, Orange Series studio at that time. So I got up at like in the earliest I could, or the all the other ones were booked because everybody's like going back to the you know gyms again. So the only one I can get into was like the six fifteen class. So I woke up at like you know four four thirty in the morning, you know, drive a half hour to get to this Orange Theory class, which is the closest from you know where she's at. And then I get to this Orange Theory class, and there was this guy next to me that was like real thin, and like you could tell like he was a runner. And I'm like, oh man, this guy's gonna beat me. I'm gonna have to try hard. And I didn't realize how hard I was trying. I mean, I was basically at the point of dying. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I saw the pearly gates and, uh, you know, and uh, as close uh, to death as he's ever been. As close to death as I've ever, I've ever been. I mean, I was gassed. And it was funny because like, you know, it's 23 minutes on there. Then you have to switch and go over to like the rower and the, the, the weights. And I was so gassed that I could barely do any of the other. I mean, I still did them, but it was like at like a 10% capacity because I had expunged all energy that I had on that, that, that orange Everest. But the good news is, is that I had PR. So my last PR was 2.25 miles and I got 2.602, 
which is an insane increase, like insane. And um, they sent the stats out of the whole facility of who got, you know, first through like fifth. And they broke them on a different age bracket. So like 20s to 30s, 30s to 40s, 40s to 50s, 50s, 60s, et cetera. And in, in Holland, out of all age categories, I was number one, of course. And out of, out of all of the classes they had that day. And then uh, also back home at uh, Orange Theory, where I live. I was also number one in all categories of where I was at. So uh, it was impressive to see a 40-year-old tackling these young bucks at 20-something and uh, being able to, to come in like a wrecking ball and, uh, and knock it out. But it was, it was a good win. I was really proud of my progress. And uh, it kind of kicked off kind of like the new year. I'm like, hey, I'm moving up, still getting stronger, still kicking ass. And uh, that's what we're going to do in 2023 is get even stronger with that. Now, I don't think I'll ever beat 2.602 ever again because i literally like I will, passed I will out but... say i will say i remember the last time you did it and you were pissed that you didn't beat the guy the guy beat you that day yes. the trainer, and you yeah. went back to do it and yes. i can imagine when you did it that time you probably didn't think that you would get faster than you did that time so that's true that's true and, and the, the, the the truth that the matter is i actually didn't know it was orange Everest there i probably would have skipped it um <laughs> and i walked in there like hey it's orange Everest. i was like i thought that was thursday I'm like nope it's today i'm like oh but no it was good um everything's been going great training's been going great um and uh you know, had a really great session again today at orange theory um rocked it and um you know got a good lifting session two, two three lifting sessions two lifting sessions this week so far and uh really like it i'd say it's fun because, like, uh, as I'm getting more focused, and we'll talk about this today uh, on muscle hypertrophy and kind of that, and and the legit science behind your mind muscle body connection. Um, I'm finding certain isolation movements to be extremely beneficial for me when I'm lifting now. Like, you know, before I'm like, I hate these leg extension machines; they suck ass. Like, I'm never going to use them. And now I'm like, the leg extension machine, I I personally like better than squats. I love leg extension machines. I'm doing like 10 <laughs> sets of leg extensions in my exercises because it just wrecks my quads. Like, and you can angle your feet in different ways and hit different parts of the quad. And I'm just like, man, these isolation moves are awesome. So I was, I was on a call with Lou about, uh, about half an hour ago. And, uh, we were talking about split squats and I was like, Dave texted me the other day saying, I really love leg extensions and split squats. And I was like, Dave's broken. We have a personally broken Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, for some reason, I just been really loving them lately. And, uh, you know, I think, I think, you know, when I, when I wasn't doing them before or when I was doing them before, you know, they were painful and they sucked and they hated them. But like the contraction you get as you're doing them and as yeah. you go down slowly and as you start to get that tempo down and as you start to like, you realize how well you're just really hitting um, those specific muscle groups. It's kind of like similar to like RDLs. Like when you start getting into RDLs, like I'm finding like even with lower weights, I can destroy my glutes and hammies, you know, via RDLs just by changing tempo up and, you know, obviously doing more, more, more uh, reps. So, you know, the muscle, the, the exercises I've been doing, I've been really enjoying a lot, uh, you know, as of late, kind of switching things around a little bit and trying different ones. Uh, same thing for like uh, um, uh, upright raises, you know, for shoulders. Uh, for upright row, sorry, uh, for shoulders. I've been really liking that one uh, from a uh, shoulder you connection. Did on, so, on the Smith on the Smith machine? Yes, yes. Yeah, nice. yeah I love yeah, my yeah, Smith yeah. machine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, and this is obviously what we want to talk about. But there's a few bits I don't want to get into before that. But the obviously the the more you get into training, and the more you get into the gym and whatever else, like new challenges come in terms of like actually contracting with the muscle properly and having to sort of go a bit deeper and actually feel the muscle work and sort of really get into how it's you feel and whatever else. But there's something so satisfying about actually feeling a muscle contract by itself. So exactly what you're saying with the leg extension, yes, it sucks, 
but when you actually feel the contraction properly and you feel like you have that control with how your leg actually works or whether it's your chest or your shoulders or your back, your biceps, whatever it is, like actually feeling that connection is, it's very rewarding for sure. But I mean, split squats and leg extension combos is, uh, it's not the one. It's, it's hard. It's definitely yeah. hard. And, um, you know, what, what's, what's great about my training block too, you know, that, that, um, I didn't realize until I actually got into it a couple of times, you know, how you planned it was, um, you know, uh, since I'm doing back on Thursdays and, you know, Tuesdays is leg day, Monday's push, Tuesday's leg and then Saturday's leg. My Tuesday lift day for legs is very, um, non-invasive on my back, right? So a lot of the exercises and movements that I use aren't hitting, especially my lower back, my spinal erectors, you know, those types of things to give them a little bit of break and focus on the muscle groups so that my, I have enough back to give basically for Thursday and Saturday, you know, for those specific lifts. And so, um, that's worked really well because I'm able to hit my legs very heavily twice in different ways. Um, and really see, I mean, you can see, you know, that, that picture I sent, you know, on, on social media, my, my quads have exploded, um, as of late, um, you know, based on, on the type of movements I've been doing. So really enjoying that. Um, and it's been cool to kind of, and, and, and you know, with the training blocks too, you know, I, you know, I, I, a lot of people stay right to what that specific training block says. I like to switch things up, you know, like get the same type of movement or exercise, just hit it a different way. So, you know, maybe it's, you know, well, leg extensions are, are for me now immutable. So I do like, you know, I do like, um, I do a really heavy set to start. So I'll do like, um, you know, like deadlifts and I'll do back squats and then I'll do leg extensions and then I'll do leg curls, you know, and then I'll do maybe, um, a leg press or something like that. And then I, I finish off now with also leg extensions, but a lighter weight <laughs> until I just do AMRAPs. So as many reps as possible and just totally kill my quads. And I'll tell you, uh, it was a Tuesday. I did that and I literally was like hobbling up the steps and I had to pause on top of it, sit down and start hitting my quads. Like I'm actually hitting them, physically hitting my quads. I'm like, wake up, wake up. I know you're not happy. You're going to wake up. So, so I did a good job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the first thing I would say, it's good that you, you're able, now, we're at the stage now you're able to recognize why I do or why I program things a certain way. Also, fully comfortable with you swapping things around. Like, I think you have the knowledge to know you can use a different movement or a different movement to hit the, the same muscle group. And um, in, in my program, leg extension is programmed like two or three sets. And then the, in the notes, it's like final set, run the rack. I'm like, what do you mean run the rack? So I text you in, and this was last training program on this training program. So basically run the rack is he says, do your normal working set, like 10 to 15 reps at the weight you do, and then drop it down two plates each time. So mine's a, it's not a plate loaded machine. Oh, it's a, it's a pen, a pen loaded yeah. machine. So I'm like, at like a hundred and then I have to go to 80 and then 60 and then 40 and then like all the way down, like as many reps as possible. And it is like, you have to sit there for five minutes and sort of gather yourself after that. So you could set up the similar thing. You'd need to do the plates slightly differently and potentially have yeah. someone there to take them off. So you're not getting on and off, but um, yeah, the run the rack is uh, it's an experience in itself. I also have to say, I mean, we haven't commented uh, on your progress and how you look in the fucking six pack and all that sort of stuff. Like you want to talk about that or. Whoa, whoa. What are you talking about here? No, it's, what's interesting. Um, <laughs> You know, if, if you listen to the podcast, I, I had kind of uh, stuttered a bit on um, or, or plateaued a bit on on hitting like the 230 range. I was like 229, 230, 231, 232, 229, you know, between that range. And somehow over the holiday season, which, you know, you'd think I would have been like, hey, guys and gals, I'm at 235 right now. 
I'm at 225 right now. So I dropped five pounds um, over the holiday timeframes. And I, you know, I really did watch what I ate. You know, I had some desserts and things like that, but I really focused on protein section meals and making sure I got my protein in and kind of let things go on that front. So I was able to drop, you know, a pretty solid five pounds um, over the holidays, which is the the leanest I think I, I well, it's the leanest I've ever been. There's no question. And um, it's really been cool to see um, the benefits of, of this year, right? You know, so this year we spent a lot of focus on, on very specific muscle groups, you know, like my chest was lacking, uh, shoulders, arms, you know, and quads. And so I'm pretty much every, every body part. Um, and so, you know, we focused on, on individual areas and, you know, I'd gone through a bulking phase where I'd gone up to about 248 pounds, I think it was. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and so then we did a cutting phase to cut that weight off and dropped all the way down to 225. And the difference is, is absolutely amazing. It's just really cool to see. I mean, I, I you gotta be getting tired of me saying, look at my abs today. Look at my arms today. Like, it's just, it's just, you know, it's really exciting to see the the progress and kind of going through there, but it's amazing how the process works and to be comfortable enough with being able to have confidence in myself, to let myself go heavier and then to come down again and, and enjoy it. But, but I'll tell you, I am missing being a little bit bigger uh, from the sense of like having additional calories and body fat and stuff like that, which is going to sound crazy because everybody's like, I need to strip body fat. But when you have like a surplus of calories and you're just a little bit bigger, you feel beefier, you feel big, yeah, bigger, yeah, yeah. you feel stronger. Um, and you have much more energy to just like destroy yourself in the gym. And, um, and so I'm looking forward to coming out of this, this cutting phase and into, uh, you know, uh, maintenance into a surplus to start to, to build, build, uh, back, uh, the stuff again. But, uh, it's so been awesome. Said, I mean, an it's another, cool. another six months in the deficit, then we'll reevaluate. <laughs> <laughs> you so know, I, I will, can I will. handle it. I can handle it. But, uh, yeah, don't, but don't I don't challenge. want to. Don't, <laughs> I don't I want to. That's not, that's not my goal. Yeah. That's not my goal. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're exactly right. And I, I'm so excited to be in this phase. Like I already, you know, Obviously, I add a little bit more over Christmas and whatever else. And one thing that I will say, class across the board, like how they were able to navigate the holidays, which obviously is naturally a shit show, no matter what way you look at it. Like, again, like I said, I was talking to Lou and he just said he felt so comfortable going into the holidays that he had the tools and he knew exactly what he needed to do. And he knew he could come out the other side of it in a similar position, if not better than going in. And that is the general consensus across the board. Yes, people did have their struggles here and there and whatever else, but you know, as did I, but I think it was so cool for me to see how everybody handled it and how comfortable and confident they were going into it. And I laughed. I was on the, the call with the hacks team on uh, Monday and I was like, you know, I asked them all, did they feel good? Like having done essentially two months and, you know, feel good going through Thanksgiving and in control over the holidays and whatever else. Everybody was so happy with it. I was like, you know, I would love to say that I planned it that way. And I had it in my head that this would be good, but I didn't. It just is the way, the way that it, it fell, but it's good to see. Um, and again, you know, you've seen in the chat, um, obviously David Boyd's progress photos and then even the progress photos that look the like posted yesterday and it's so funny because he was uh he was like him and Han. I was like, get rid of the fucking chest her and we'll see what's underneath. And he was like, I have a six pack under here. What the fuck? And I was like, Yeah, you've been pretty much wearing a jumper over it for the past however long it's been. So it's cool to sort of see that people were all still able to navigate that, be in control, able to navigate yeah. the holidays, enjoy the things that they wanted to enjoy, still make progress, still stay lean, still get their training in it and all these things. So it shows how ingrained these sort of habits and behaviors are in people. Um, but exactly like you, like I have a couple of people now are like, okay, right. I'm at the end of this deficit now. Like what next? And I'm like, 
everybody's getting jacked AF. We're all everybody's getting jacked AF. It, starting. It's starting crazy to see. Like I mean, Kev, Boyd, everybody. Yeah. Like Mike. Yeah. I mean, everybody's just like it's crazy to see their progress. And like when Boyd showed me the picture of him, you know, because he did the the before and after. I look yeah. at his shoulders. I'm like, shit. I got competition coming up here. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you know, I was on the call with him on uh, on Monday, and he was like, he was talking about how he first saw your progress photos whenever it was, and that sort of motivated him. He's like, you know, do you think I should post them? I was like, have you put your very first progress photo, like your very first photo, in this one day? And he's like, no, no, no. And I was like, give me a second. So I was on the call with him. And I put the guy sent the cross, and he was like, holy shit! I was yeah. like, I know, I know, right? right? And he was right. But he had never done the comparison of two yeah. photos together, and I was like, yeah. And I was like, look. I'm not the guy that tells anybody to post their photos like that has to come from the person. He was like, Oh, I yeah. don't know him and ha. And then he texted me. He asked me some question too. And I'm like, it's your choice, dude. Like, I you know. Yeah. I was always apprehensive of posting them. And, yeah. You know, but it's good to see, you know, like your brother, all the hard work you put into it. It's awesome. He texted me on, on Tuesday. He's like, I've just had a realization that over 15,000 people have seen me in my skivvies. Cause he keeps telling many people on Twitter. So, you know, I was like, but that's, you know, it's so cool. And it's cool. Obviously you get the feedback and whatever else. And fuck that guy. He doesn't know how mirrors work, but, um, yeah. <laughs> dude the amount of so it's a funny story about that is like i've gotten that so much shit too like i posted on that um facebook forum on like the dad bot transformation yeah. and you get like three or four people like why is your tattoo on the opposite side and i'm like it's a fucking mirror man you but know I, like i'm I, sorry I just, for language I, but you know it's just like, I, like i just it's don't not get that hard i just don't get the like, comment you see the tattoo, they, yeah like, but how, I, did like, I, how did i move yeah, did I take like, this arm off and put it on this arm? Or are you saying that it's photoshopped because it's the other way? That's like, what they're saying. It's photoshopped. Get because, the fuck. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. It's and, um, and so so like, I like the response back though. Was like the guy responded back like I have to reassess my 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 previous comment or something like that. I'm like <laughs> like yeah, man. Like I mean, listen, it happens to all of us. But like if you're really looking for like, hey, is this you know one thing or the other? Like, come on, like understand how mirrors work and they're gonna be flipped. So if you took a selfie and you take a selfie in a mirror. It's going to yeah. be flipped. Like, this is how this works. Like, science is hard. But uh, yeah. anyways. It, yeah. Upon yeah. reflection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, anyway. Yeah. So yeah. it's good to see everybody progress and everybody's in a good spot. I, like you, am super excited. Like, I, I, I would say I finished the year pretty strong. Like I did, you know, I sort of tested things out over the holidays and whatever as to where I'm at with strength. And obviously, we've been messing around with the, the 120, 125 dumbbells, which are heavy shit. Um, and I have to shout out to Helmy as well. He had to, I guess, MacGyver his own dumbbells because the ones that he have aren't heavy enough. So he had to attach plates <laughs> to them. Um, I was wondering like, what, what those bands were on the side of him. And I was like, maybe it's for stability, but he's actually putting more plates on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, so my he, God. That's the, what dumbbells, the dumbbells uh, are, are 75 yeah. kilos. And he had to put a five kilo plate on either side of both of them. So essentially, they were 85 kilos because they weren't heavy enough. But anyway... Um, He's a monster. He is a fucking monster. But yeah, so I feel pretty good in terms of like my strength levels and where they're at, sort of finishing out this maintenance phase from next week. I've given the push calories and I honestly am so excited. And my goal is to be as big and as scary as I possibly can. And obviously we got that that trip coming up to Colorado for the Can I in can person. I also uh can I also uh commit to that as well? So 
Are you going to grow your beard out as well for the entire time? I'm not growing my beard out, but uh, but um, I will, I've tried. I've tried. It gets so nasty. <laughs> like I, I hate the itchiness and everything else. You just need it. to get through it. That's just the hair growing back. On. That's it's what everybody it, says. It gets, uh, and then I get through it, and it's still itchy, and I hate it. And it's like all like, and I'm, especially like when I'm hot, and you have like you're like, man, you're like birds you living in there and you stuff. Can, I mean, you can commit to getting as big and scary as possible. Like we yeah. we are gonna at least see each other in May, so we see who is. And I think we've talked about this before, and not to totally derail this podcast but uh i think may will be a true test of us our, our proper pissing contest because we'll both be at sort of four or five months into a surplus we will be yeah. like at peak strength yep so stay so, so what you're saying is game on someone's going to die <laughs> someone is going to die anyway um <laughs> But yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm genuinely like, I feel better already, even just with more food. And like you said, like I put this t-shirt on, and I was like, hmm, I get super sick. By the way, yeah. good looking t-shirt, by the way. Yeah, uh, thanks. I, I got that from uh, On It Gym in, in Texas. <laughs> 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 um, but yes, anyway, you have the topic of what we're talking about today. We totally derailed talking about ourselves again. Yeah, well, what the, one thing I just want to close on this with is that, um, you know, for those that are just tuning in, that are just getting started in this. You know, <laughs> They're this, wondering this, what the fuck are these guys talking about? The, the 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 what we're talking about is once you have established habits, right? And that's the big that's the hardest thing to get into, right? Is the the framework and the habits. You know, I, I was at um, Orange Theory today. I must have heard three or four people talking about how they're on keto or how they're doing intermittent fasting now, and that's how they're going to do it. And you know, you you want to comment on that, but it's not my place to to do that. It's not my place to unless they want help, you know. And so I'm not going to you know opine or anything like that or say, hey, this way is better or not. But you know, the, the biggest thing to understand about this type of journey is that it's a journey. It takes time. It takes a lot of, of habits to establish. And I was explaining this to my son the other day um, about how our brains actually fight new habits, um, especially when they're brand new and we haven't done them before. We haven't done that for a long time. Your brain gets complacent with how you're doing things currently today. Hey, everything's fine. I can do everything. I can live. I can sustain. You know, I have enough energy. Why would I want to change that? And so getting into these new habits and producing new habits um, takes a lot of time. Uh, it's like training your body to walk, right? You know, when you first started as a baby, it's like, I don't want to walk while I'm crawling. Crawling is perfectly fine. Well, eventually you want to be able to walk. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, you have to push yourself through the sucky part of getting into these habits to eventually start to enjoy them. And one thing I can honestly say is that I enjoy going to the gym. I enjoy lifting. Uh, there's a sense of accomplishment. There's a, 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 a sense of doing something for myself that's you know unselfish to myself to, to you know for that. There's a sense of of you know making myself better and living longer for my family and my kids. All that stuff starts to come in place after a certain period of time. And how long the time is really varies based on the person and how active you are and how you've done before in the past. For me, you know, it took several months to me to get into the swing of things to be able to enjoy and love what I'm doing. And then from there, once you have the habits established, it's fine tuning and making sure you're doing everything properly. So this, this bulking and cutting phase, I would say are for more advanced people that already have a good foundation on nutrition, have a good foundation on your habits and are able to sustain them in both directions. So when we talk about surplus deficit maintenance, so your total daily energy expenditure being how much energy you produce a day. So if you, let's just say do the exact same thing every single day, and you burn 2,300 calories, okay? That's 2,300 calories that your body has to have in order to operate in that same way. If you shave calories off of that, so let's just say you're 2,000 calories and you have 2,300 cal 2, calories that you burn a day, 
you're going to be in what's called a deficit, which means that your body has to start taking away from your fat stores, which is how you lose fat, right? Now, the conversely opposite of that is if you drop too much calories, your body's going to be like, well, I need fat, I need muscle, I need organs, I need whatever I can possibly do. It's going to start cannibalizing different things in your body to produce that energy, right? So it's going to go to fat first, and then it's going to go to things like muscles and things like that. So you don't want to drop too much calories. And also, I just had, I was talking to somebody yesterday about their calorie intake, and you know, they said they were 6'1", uh, and that they were eating 1,500 calories a day. And I'm like, man, 1,500 calories seems really low. He's like, yeah, I just have no energy. I feel like shit. You know, like, I'm just like, I'm like, you're eating way too less calories. He's like, yeah, but I'm dropping four to five pounds, you know, a week. And I'm like, dude, that's way too much weight to be losing in a week. Like, you're, you're, you're shedding. And he's doing resistance training. Else. I'm like, you're shedding muscle. Like, and you're not going to get stronger. He's like, yeah, I've been weaker. I feel like crap. I don't feel like going to the gym. I'm like, yeah, you need more calories, man. So it's a balance of, of getting the right type of calories, the right type of food uh, to fuel you for the day. And also making sure that you're not shoot, shooting yourself in the foot by losing the gains that you're doing through resistance training and everything else. So there's there's a balance of that. Surplus, same thing. Why we do a bulk and why we say, you know, and it's not, when we say bulk, it's not like, hey, we're eating whatever the hell we want to. We're eating cake and, you know, whatever. We're still eating whole foods, but we're eating more foods that are good for us so that our body has a reserve of energy that we can expend when we're going to the gym, when we're rebuilding muscle. And a byproduct of that, if we are, let's just say we're at 2,500 calories, 2,300 calories, and we're eating 2,800 calories, well, that means that, you know, we have extra calories to play with for muscle, for energy, and other things. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a byproduct of that, which is fat, right? So you're going to increase fat storage um, as part of that. So that's why when you see bulking, people will look, you know, they're not going to have the shredded six-pack abs. You're not going to see the muscle definitions in your shoulders because you're adding fat. Now, the purpose of that is to build as much muscle as possible over a period of time, but not let it get too out of control and start to shave that back down again to see all of the results that you have without compromising all of the muscle that you gain. So it's this delicate balance back and forth. And if you're just starting off with that, do not worry about this for at all. You know, what you need to be worrying about is, is getting into the habits, establishing those habits, building on those habits, getting through the sucky parts, and then eventually then, you know, start to get into more advanced things that you can do to, to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's funny because I was obviously <clears throat> getting texted yesterday. I was getting tattooed, and there's so many people around me also getting tattooed, and people in and out, and tattoo artists, and people getting tattooed, and whatever else. And every single person that was in and out of that tattoo shop that I that overheard a conversation, everybody spoke at least once about a diet or the gym or something they were doing. I'm like, this is fucking everywhere. Obviously, it's the time of year and whatever else, but it is everywhere. And uh, it was just funny to see how everybody's doing things in the comments and like guys over talking to the guy who was tattooing me about it. And I'm like, I'm not even engaging in this conversation because it's a very deep rabbit hole that this guy obviously doesn't have the time to go down, but it was interesting to see. And yeah, the way that I would sort of look at exactly what you're talking about. And I, I sort of, I try and outline this when I'm speaking to anybody, whether it's just a, a discovery call or whether we're sort of getting in the train or whatever else. For me, you need to spend the time establishing the behaviors essentially when you do do that it ultimately just becomes a numbers game so what i mean by that is you know whenever you're three four five six months in however long it takes and then we decide right okay we want to push or pull this way in terms of calories it literally comes down to playing about the numbers and it's easier to do because you already have the habits and it's just do more of this and less of that or less of this and more of that and that's whenever it becomes a you can start to really manipulate things in in one way or another um but yeah, you want to establish the, the baseline first. And for anybody who's listening who wants to build muscle and lose body fat, please pick one 
first and then yes. the other essentially pick lose the body fat first the leaner you are so again you know me talking about look talking about you the position that we're in i obviously strip down body fat coming into the shoot or whatever else the leaner you are the better position you are to then begin to push calories and i know you're saying that we will put on body fat which we will but we will try and keep you as lean as possible this entire process which i think will be even cooler to sort of see over the coming months how we can gain and we can sort of stay relatively in shape without it getting too out of control um and that's one thing yeah. i've always appreciated with the program is that you know like as soon as my abs start to become non-visible or less visible, you know, it's like, okay, Hey, it's time to start you know, looking at what we need to do to start shaving this off. Right. So it's just a balancing act. Right. And, uh, yeah. and it takes time to get to a certain point. Uh, and it's cool to see when you shed the weight, it's like, Hey, this is, you know, two years of, of hard work and labor. It, it's paying off. Right. It's, it's definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what it comes down to. And it's like, it's just, okay, we can take this to a certain point. And even, like I know I joked about more time in the deficit, like you, you probably will run into, or if, if we did decide to continue it, like while you feel like you can do it mentally, you probably will run into like a, you start to get negative returns and there's no, there's no point in pushing it just for the sake of, of, of pushing it. Like we're in a, in a really decent spot now that we can begin to push and start to push things up. So it's about sort of knowing when to pull the pin on things and when to start to change things around. Um, and I think we sort of had it in our head that, the time frame of what we're going to do. And, you know, I know obviously we're going to plan it out later on the week as to what the year is going to look like, but um, I think we know what we need to do. And even like you will do a couple of weeks at maintenance and your weight probably still will continue to come down because the more calories you start to add in, the more you'll expand whenever you're doing training or whatever else. So again, it'll just be a balancing act. Then we'll be a surplus. And then, you know, five, six months down the line, we'll be big and scary and we'll look like like this in the, in the, in the camera screen. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's funny because uh for, for christmas my wife got me um a commercial grade body scanner uh and uh which i'm probably gonna be returning here very shortly um but uh it's i love this story because it's like this thing is broken because i don't believe the reading it's like whenever you step in this game yeah. it's like no this doesn't make any sense these skills must be fucking broken yeah yeah it, it is it's on the positive side but there's no <laughs> way so like i got on the scale the scale and it's supposed to do um it's supposed to be as near accurate as a DEXA scan as anything else out there. So DEXA scan being, um, you know, sh- uh, uh, low grade radiation that scans your body for body fat composition as well as muscle mass. <clears throat> and then, so these are use electricity and it's called an in-body 270. And um, so I get on the, the scale and the reports that I'm 3.7% body fats. And I'm like, okay, so you look at pictures of 3.7 body fat and, and this is like, competition grade bodybuilders not an ounce of fat on them like it you're you're shredded as hell like i'm like there's no way i I did something wrong so i've tried like 80 different times and all this other stuff and all the results are so i call them up like yeah everything was fine you know uh, everybody's checking off i'm like your shit is not accurate at all like there's no way but i you know when i started looking at people that would do a dexa scan and compare it to embody it was usually on average could be anywhere between five to six um, or four to, I'm sorry, four to eight percentage points off, which is a big deal. Um, you know, uh, when you come out, so even at the maximum, you know, I'm at 11% body fat, if that's the worst range, so I'm somewhere between like 11 and nine, which I thought was like really cool. Um, or 11 and eight, which I don't think it's eight, but you know, who knows, but I'm getting a caliper just to measure, see where I'm at and see if I can do anything, um, do a comparison. Cause like the nearest Texas scans, like two hours away. So I'm not going to do nah, that. It's but, not the way it's not, <clears throat> no, cool. no, but hey, it's probably returning that thing. So let's get let's get our time today. Um, right, because we're running out of time and we've been BSing the whole well, time. Well, yeah, there's two things. So there's two things I wanted to hit on. Um, this first one was just more of a, a thing to talk through. And then the second part is the meat of, of the episode. So the first part was 
um, there was a new study that went through um, the best time to train. Now, what's interesting is when I first started training, you know, uh, you know, we all say we don't have enough time, you know, we're too busy, blah, blah, blah. And um, I would always train um, in the late afternoon or, or late evenings uh, to do my, my workouts. And now I try to get them done as much as possible in the mornings. Like I hate actually doing workouts in the evenings now. I despise them. I, I just not, not enough energy. You know, I feel like I'm winding down for the day. And so this latest study, I'm going to read this uh, for you. <laughs> it's actually a really big study, uh, 85,000 individuals, which is a, a massive sample size uh, to do some, some data analytics around, around um, that. So a new study published in the European Journal of Preventative Cardiology has found that morning physical activity is associated with the lowest risk of heart disease and stroke. The study, which included over 85,000 individuals, found that this association held true regardless of total daily activity level. It is well established that exercise is good for the heart, and our studies now indicate that morning activity seems most beneficial, said author Ms. Gali Albalak uh, of Leiden University Medical Center uh, in the Netherlands. The findings were particularly pronounced in women and applied to both early birds and night owls. Uh, the study used uh, data from the UK Biobank to investigate the relationship between physical activity and risk of heart disease and stroke in 86,657 adults. Participants were free of cardiovascular disease at the start of the study and ranged from the age 42 to 78, wore an activity tracker for the week, for a week. The study found that morning physical activity was associated with the lowest risk of heart disease and stroke, regardless of the total activity level. Participants were followed for incident cardiovascular disease defined as hospital admissions or deaths related to coronary artery disease or stroke. So the peer studies show that um, by training in the mornings reduces your highest level of cardiovascular risk or stroke, which I thought was really um, particularly interesting. Yeah. I mean, I have obviously we've discussed this before, like my favorite or optimal time that I used to think training was like 2 p.m. Um, I think that probably just came about because when I worked in the gym floor, it was the time that nobody else could train because people had jobs and they couldn't obviously come in and train in the afternoon. So I was less busy in, in those times. But again, as I've sort of mentioned in the previous episodes, like I've sort of been gradually bringing it earlier to maybe like half nine or 10 o'clock. Um, maybe not as early as you, but again, I'm pretty like, fortunate yeah. that I have the, the flexibility to sort of get that in um, early on. And I do feel much better getting it done at time. There's also less people in the gym, which is also massively beneficial. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying training slightly earlier. So on to the next topic, since we're, we're pushing the time, this is the most important one, obviously, to get to, um, which is how do you... So one of the things that I always struggled with... Um, when, and, and this has always been one of my biggest fears. I've talked about this on the podcast is I don't want to be going to the gym and a year later being the exact same size, the exact same weight, not making any gains, not actually um, increasing myself. So the question is, you know, how do I increase my strength? How do I increase my size? And what does that mean from a muscle hypertrophy perspective or i.e. muscle growth hypertrophy being the size of the muscle uh, or building of muscle? Um, how do we maximize that so that uh, we could have skeletal muscle fibers in response to be being used to increase our level of, of muscle mass um, as we go to the gym? And, you know, a lot of people get hung up on, well, you need to do push-pull legs, you need to do this and that, you need to do full body, you need to do whatever. The truth of the matter is, is that there is some really good scientific studies that show what is the best for maximizing muscle growth and hypertrophy. What does that look like from a set and reps perspective? Um, and how do we incorporate that into our training programs so that when we're going to the gym, we can increase our ability to progress in strength, size, and our desired uh, benefits and goals. And so um, this, this is from, and it was funny because what started this whole thing for me 
is uh, yeah, I've been really addicted lately to Facebook shorts, short videos. And uh, I was like, you know, stupid cat noticed. pictures. Oh my God. But, yeah. I send you all the time. Yeah. So the you know, cat ones or, you know, crazy people working out at the gym or whatever. Like I just, I've been enjoying these and my kids are laughing their butts off. Like I was like, I must've spent an hour yesterday just going through Facebook shorts. Um, but anyways, um, there was one that had Jay Cutler uh, on there who I really admire from a bodybuilding perspective, you know, um, Mr. Olympia several times, one of the, one of the best bodybuilders with Ronnie Coleman and all the other folks. I mean, you know, legend in, in the bodybuilding industry. Um, he had gone through like how many uh, sets he had done. And he said, well, you, you have to do at least 15 to 20 sets. And, but he didn't elaborate. I'm like, is that 15 to 20 sets? He said per muscle group. And I was like, is that 15 to 20 sets a day that he does per muscle group? I'm like, that's a lot of effing weight that he's pushing on those volume that he's pushing on those muscles. I'm like, and maybe for a bodybuilder, that's what you do. But I was like, I was confused. Cause that, I'm like, man, that would be like a ton of stuff that we'd have to go through um, to have to go and deal with this. So I was just like, yeah, so I started doing some research and, you know, cause I've, I've, I've read that, that 20, that magic 20 set range is typically per week. Right. And that's what I've always kind of institutionally went through. And so I started doing some research and I found a really good article, uh, from NASM.org, which is, you know, focused on a lot of like nutrition, sports performance, things like that. And just wanted to read this, this quick, quick, uh, blurb here. Um, Research indicates that performing approximately 15 to 20 sets of challenging hypertrophy exercises per week is the optimum stimulus to enhance muscle size. Since maximum muscle response is achieved through five to six sets of a specific exercise, it is best to spread the workout throughout the week. Um, so basically meaning you want to re really get try to get between 15 to 20 sets per muscle group per week to maximize your goals. Now, that means if you're not doing that, doesn't mean they're not still building muscle. I personally, you're not maximizing your ability to build muscle, right? And there's a difference between strength and size of the muscle. So in our muscle fibers, we have what are called uh, short twitch fibers and fast twitch muscle fibers. Um, short twitch and uh, fast twitch, fast twitch being the more explosive um, type of, of movement. So you're, you're heavy lifting, those types of things, but those don't directly equate to size. So interesting enough, if you just lift heavy all the time, you know, good chances you're not going to have explosive looking muscles. I mean, you're still going to be big. You're still going to be strong, but you're not going to have the, the big muscle things that bodybuilders do. That's why you typically see bodybuilders will sit there and complain like powerlifters only doing, you know, three to four uh, rep ranges, whereas bodybuilders are doing, you know, eight to 20. Um, those rep ranges have a big deal of hitting short twitch fibers, which are going to be more of your more endurance muscles, which are the ones that actually grow in size. So, you know, when we look at how we're trying to maximize our goal at the gyms, you know, for me, I attest to kind of a, a combination of both. What I uh, what is considered more power building, uh, which is a combination of strength and a combination of trying to maximize as much muscle hypertrophy as possible. And if you're interested in this subject, there's some really great um, videos on on this um, with Jeff Nippard uh, that uh, talks about um, the ability to put on size and strength. Uh, as part of this is where we get, get what we consider power building. Uh, but really, it, it goes down to sets and rep ranges. So if you want to increase strength, you want to lift very heavy uh, for lower rep ranges. So, you know, if you're doing deadlifts, for example, like uh, this is how I usually break things up. Heavy compound movements like uh, back squats, uh, you know, bench press, uh, you know, deadlifts, those types of things, overhead press. I will go heavy at first in those heavy compound movements in the three to eight rep range. And I go heavy as heck on those as much as I can. 
And then I, you know, continuously um, then hit my muscle group, that same muscle group in different ways, usually in the eight to 20 rep range. Um, so I'm hitting the muscle hypertrophy or short twitch fibers, but I'm also maximizing the strength aspects of things. So it's a combination of both. So think about it this way that when you go into the gym, your first exercise, if you want to increase in strength, should be your most powerful, most heavy lifting thing that you continuously try to increase. And then from there, trying to fatigue your muscles uh, by hitting it with a lot of reps um, to kind of knock it out and to fatigue that muscle to where we consider you know, ourselves uh, in a muscle fatigue state. So um, that's kind of the, the science behind it and how it kind of works. But at the end of the day, you know, if you want to continue to progress, your objectives have to be aligned with what you're doing. So you know, rep ranges are really important. The amount of sets that you're doing per week per muscle group is important. And then having those put into your training blocks of what you're actually doing at the gym can help maximize your strength, your endurance, your size, and the gains you have as you start to go through this. Yeah, and I think it's actually, a, I guess, a timely topic as well because I'm moving into this this new training block with James. But um, one of the the questions that he asked me, and this is where I didn't slip up this time because the last time he asked me what I wanted to improve, and I said legs, and I was just training legs every day. Um, but I said to him, I want to improve uh, arms, shoulders, and chest. <clears throat> so I'm actually I'm looking at the training program now because it actually tells you the overall volume. Um, it's not in that 15 to 20 range, but it is definitely in, you can see that there is more volume per muscle group of what I have told them. Um, so essentially the program volume and some of these will be 0.5, essentially what it means by that is the 0.5 will be like a secondary muscle that it's trained. So if it's a pull movement, it'll be biceps or whatever. Um, but the program volume is biceps, triceps, 13.5 set working sets across the week, chest, 11.5 delts. 16 but rear delts also 3.5 so you could have that together and then slightly less for back so back lats 5.5 back traps 7.5 quads 12.5 hamstring 6 glutes 6 calves lol uh, 10.5 and then abs 5 so you can see the difference in terms of more volume on the areas that i want to work on and um, one thing that i would say with this as well is you know there's often like i know you said at the start doesn't necessarily matter uh what were your training split whatever with this, depending on sort of your training age and where you're at, you can sort of navigate this slightly differently. So people will go and look at bodybuilders' plans like, oh, but they train chest on a Monday and they train quads on a Tuesday and back on a Thursday and shoulders on it. Like they're doing one day per muscle group. Um, but obviously they're enormous and the recovery is obviously much more because they have bigger muscle groups. It's more stress and whatever else. Um, so the way that I always look at it is trying to split the volume across the week as much as possible. And again, you know, you were a product of this at the start, like we did full body to begin with, because we had less muscle mass, we could recover quicker and you get more done across the week. Uh, and I would break this down even further by saying, instead of training, you know, biceps once a week, chest once a week and whatever else, if you do it in full bodies, you can essentially do three or four times the amount of work across the week, yes. which essentially, if you look at that across a year, is absolutely massive. So instead of training biceps 52 times a year, you've potentially trained them 156 or 200 and whatever times across the year. So you can get a lot more volume in across the week while you can recover, while muscle mass is that little bit smaller. Obviously, the more muscle mass you have, the longer it will take to recover because the more stress and strain that you have to put on your body to actually grow and actually building gain strength. What's interesting about that though, too, is, uh, so that NASM article that I, I, I mentioned, you look at the, the second paragraph where I talked, where I talked about the best to spread the workload over, over the week. 
It says this means that training beyond the maximal growth stimulus, which is going to be five to six sets of a specific exercise, will disrupt the stimulus recovery adaptation, the SRA curve, by delaying the recovery phase, which is counterproductive to muscle growth. The SRA curve is directly affected by the exercise selection, time, muscle damage, attrition, and client recovery capability. And then it goes into first consider a variety of different exercises since muscle damage is a function of loading and tension, high tension and high damage exercises require more time for recovery. These exercises will uh, also stimulate growth muscle adaptations that will effectively enable it to withstand more tension or subsequent training. So this is the one that I liked this next paragraph. For example, doing five sets of heavy bench press will cause far more muscle breakdown than five sets of pushups. High tension and high damage exercises therefore require more recovery time, but cause greater adaptation. Exercises featuring an increased range of motion or more time under tension, a greater load, and a longer eccentric portion are typically the preferred stimulus to maximize muscle hypertrophy or size of the muscle. So therefore, you know, hey, strength, putting yourself under uh, heavy duress of, of, of weights, and then time under tension, eccentric focus, i.e. tempo, which we've talked about in previous podcasts. Those types of things can help maximize the amount of muscle growth that you have by putting time under tension into those muscles. So, you know, again, it's, it's getting more refined with your lift. So when you go there, you're not just doing the same thing over and over, the same weights over and over. Your goal should always be to try to get more volume or more increase in weights per, so either, either increase in weights, you know, per uh, exercise or increase in the amount of reps that you're doing to increase the amount of total volume. What I always look at, um, you know, uh, in my workout. So I have an Excel spreadsheet that I track everything in is I, uh, I will look at the previous week and sometimes I'll get at the end of an exercise. I'm like, crap, I'm a thousand, you know, pounds less on this leg, you know, leg, uh, from legs from last week. So I'll do extra sets so that I can beat my previous record from the prior week. So that I'm always increasing in volume in some way, shape or form. I may have not have PR'd from a weight perspective. Maybe it was a crap day or my muscle had fully recovered or I just didn't get enough sleep. There's a lot of reasons why you have you have shit days at the at the at the gym, or you're not you know hitting your PRs like you used to. Could have been different types of food or different timing of food. Um, could have been a different pre workout. Who knows? There's a lot of reasons. Um, uh, so you know, at the end of the day, though, I'm still trying to beat my record so that I can increase my volume, increase my ability for that muscle mass to grow. So you always want to be increasing in some way, shape, or form. Now, the last caveat I'll, I'll shout out with this is, if you're just starting off at the gym, your first goal should absolutely be to master that exercise and that movement, not weight and volume, uh, because you don't want to hurt yourself. Uh, and, and, and you want to make sure that you're doing the right type of muscle connection. And um, there are some studies that, that came out on mind-muscle-body connection. It's absolutely true. When you, f- you, you kind of build a bridge to your muscle from your mind. If you've never weight trained before, you're, you're not going to feel the you know, contraction in your chest. The chest for me was the hardest for me to develop that mind-muscle connection. We're, we're best friends. We're besties now, but <laughs> it took a long time for that to actually happen. And um, and so when you're doing these exercises, you start to focus on that movement of how do I hit this muscle in a certain way that allows me to get the most amount of tension under it to break that muscle down to build it up stronger. And so um, as you start to get into the phase of resistance training at the gym, do not try to go heavy. You know, do not compromise form. If your form is failing, you're not doing something properly, go down and wait. Don't be egotistical in what you're actually going and doing. Master the movement first. You know, deadlifts are a great example of that. You always want to maintain a neutral spine. 
you want to rock back, you have your feet in a certain place, you have your shins, you know, across the board, whether you're doing sumo or, you know, traditional or whatever, you know, there, there are certain things you have to kind of master that are complex movements that your body is not used to doing. And then you start to focus on, hey, now I, had, I need to hit this muscle group. Now I need to start doing a little bit more weight. I feel comfortable with the movement. Let's keep moving up and start to start to track those things. So start off small again, build those habits, build good habits. And then from there, start to move forward. Yeah. And I think that that's important. And, you know, yes, while we talk about progressive overload and progressing, and yes, generally you think about more reps or more weight in the bar, but more time under tension. So if you increase and play about with the tempo or actually having better connection with the muscle or better exercise execution is also a way to progress or even managing your like rest and recovery time. So there's a lot of different variables that we can manage to progress without actually focusing on getting more weight. And I've, I've fallen into this trap with clients before that, you know, we talk about progressive, progressive overload and everybody in the chat's talking about PRs and whatever else. And people feel like they need to keep up with that or whatever else. And essentially, like you said, you want to learn the movements first and learn the, the sort of muscle connection. And probably one of the best ways that you can do it to sort of feel how the muscle works is by doing less weight, high volume in machines because the machines are going to be essentially built to move you in a certain way. So if we talk about leg extension, for example, a lot of people will be like, oh, I can't feel it in my quads. I'm like, drop the weight by half and do 30 reps and then come back to me. By the end of it, they're like, oh my God, my fucking quads are out of it. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what you should feel like. But that will give you the connection with how that muscle should feel. And then you can try and translate that over to squats or hack squat or leg press or whatever it is. So you know what you should be feeling in that muscle, essentially. And just to go back to your point about the the optimal, and you asked me about this, why I'm doing reps in reserve in this in this training program. Um, so essentially you said there are about, I think you said five to six uh, working sets per muscle group per session. And a lot of mine are here. So, you know, the, the session on Mondays, 4.5 biceps, 4.5 triceps, 5.5 chest, 5.5 back. Um, so it falls into that bracket. But the reason, uh, again, you mentioned the, the recovery side of things. So the reason that I have quote unquote reps in reserve and I'm not training to full failure is, and you'll know this, whenever you started a new training block, everything hurts like hell. It's like you've never trained before, whatever way the new stimulus or order of the exercises or whatever it is. And it could be the same exercises, just in different order. But the, the sort of new or the start of that training block recovery is also is always a little bit longer because it's a new stimulus. So at the start, there's more quote unquote reps in reserve than there will be down the line. And this will adapt over time based on my recovery. Um, so that's why I'm working in reps in reserve at the minute. I would imagine as I go through the process, as I sort of get to, um, you know, a couple of months in foods a lot higher, which will help with recovery. And I'm really nailing, you know, the basics of the training program, the reps in reserve will come, become less or I'll be training to, to absolute failure. So again, you can see here, the two things that are taken into consideration is total overall volume or total volume per sets, total overall volume per week, and also managing recovery through reps in reserve and how the training block is split across the week. Yep. And I think the combination of all of those and understanding the, the reasons why you do those um, will help you be successful at whatever you're doing uh, with resistance training specifically. And, you know, our, you know, everybody's, you know, both men and women have the same way of, of hitting those muscle groups, regardless of what that is. Right. So it's not a, a male specific thing or a woman specific thing. It is basically how our muscles work. So if you want to get leaner or more defined, you know, uh, muscles and your goal is really more on the bodybuilding side, and there's, there's, different reasons for everything. Like I like being strong and I also like, you know, having good looking muscles as well. So I like balancing the two, but for most folks, you know, especially as you age, it probably doesn't make sense to sit there and do, you know, 400, 500, 600 pound deadlifts 
as you get older, um, you know, start focusing more on, you know, the, the accounts, the reps and fatiguing that muscle to max in, in that time under tension to maximize the growth of the muscle so that you can carry as much lean body mass as possible. And, and studies show, you know, um, individuals as they age that have uh, more bone density and more lean body mass live longer, right? So your ability as you get older to add lean body mass and to keep that body mass, the longer you're, you're going to be, you're going to be potentially living. Now, again, it's not a sure, sure, sure sign. I mean, you can get cancer day and you know, you're gone tomorrow, who knows, or get an accident. It's not, not a sure sign, but the studies show you're, you're not like, reducing no, no, no. Risk. I've, been, I've been lifting weights and doing deadlifts. Like the boss hit me, but I'm okay. I'm going to make that. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, life actually happens, but you know, it's all about reducing risk in our industry and security. Obviously reducing risk is the best, most effective way uh, to try to, you know, stop data breaches and things like that. Right. So analogy there. So the more risk we can reduce, the lower chances we have of cardiovascular um, issues, the more risk we have of, you know, dying of things like cancer and things like that. And we reduce our risk of, 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 you know, dying at an earlier age. So, you know, the more mu muscle mass we can put on, the bigger that we can get our muscles, which also equates, by the way, to increasing your total daily energy expenditure. So you ever notice, uh, if let's just say you're, 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 you're significant over you're 300 plus pounds, your total daily energy expenditure at 300 plus pounds is going to be substantial because you have to carry 300 plus pounds, right? So your body's literally carrying 300 pounds of, of weight. So your body has to burn a substantial amount of calories to even maintain that. So you're eating a lot. You might be eating again in a surplus still, but you have to burn a lot. So maybe your total daily energy expenditure is 3,000 calories, right? But as you start to lose that weight, let's just say you drop 50 pounds, you're no longer carrying those 50 pounds. So your body doesn't have to use those 50 pounds anymore. The more muscle, which by the way, uh, muscle mass is substantially more denser uh, from a density perspective than fat, substantially. And if you look at pictures of one pound of, of muscle mass versus one pound of fat, it's, it's, it's insane. Um, and so uh, harder to build, but also same thing. If you're gaining weight with that to maintain that level of weight, your calories increase as things go along. So all of those things are, are really important to consider as you're adjusting your, your calories, as you're going up in weight, uh, all of these different things. So, you know, again, things that you can plan for as you start to get more refined with everything that you're doing. So what you're saying is <clears throat> when we're having this conversation this time next year, after going through a surplus all year, our total energy expenditure is going to be significantly more than it is now because we spent so much time building muscle across here. That's dead. Sorry, what'd you say? I, I, I uh, cut off for a second there. <laughs> what I say, my, well, my headset is dying, so I hear the doo -doo 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 -doo, yeah. and so I'm like trying to get to it really quick and like uh, hit it uh, and open it up so it doesn't die. But no, we're good. I think we're good. So what you're saying is, this time next year when we're having that conversation after a full year of being in a surplus and building muscle, our total daily energy expenditure by the nature of building muscle all year is going to be much higher than it is now. It is absolutely going to be much higher than this now. And, and it already is from when it was from two years ago, right? Yeah. You know, you look at your total daily energy, energy expenditure from where I was at two years ago or, or vice versa. You, you know, our, our calories from a maintenance perspective, I'm, I'm still dropping weight at 2,500 calories right now, right? Yeah. Drop five pounds at 2,500 calories. So, you know, my maintenance levels are very different now than what they were, you know, two years ago, which I think I was at 2000 calories. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a very big difference in how those, those currently work and how they operate and how your body basically has to adjust, uh, based on the weight that you have, the volume you have, level intensity, all this other stuff. That's why, you know, we do resistance training, um, why you eat more calories so you can build more muscle, uh, and why when you gain more muscle, you have to eat more calories because you have to maintain that weight. So again, just all how our bodies work and it's, it's just fascinating and awesome to see it. Yeah. But you can imagine if you now <clears throat> think back to quote unquote big Dave, 
who is a hundred pounds heavier than you are now, if you had to carry about a yeah. hundred pounds on a weighted vest or a backpack with fucking dumbbells in it all day long, every single day, how many more, how much more calories you'd be burning day to day. Sounds like I need to put a hundred pound pack on every single day. <laughs> 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 can't even imagine. I mean, you know, thinking about that, I mean, let's just say I'm doing a, a pull up and I throw, you know, a, a, you know, a 25 pound plate on like that 25 pound plate feels like a thousand pounds on me. But yeah. can you imagine like, I mean, having to be able to carry that with your back and your yeah. legs and your arms and what that does to you and how your heart has to pump heavier just to get enough blood through your body to be able to move that weight. Like there's just so much that goes into that, that, you know, it's, it's not healthy to be such a large size, especially from a fat content perspective. You know, we know the, you know, number one, you know, uh, killer of, of, of people is cardiovascular issues. Right. And that has to do with, you know, our hearts, uh, and, and what we're doing to our hearts. So, you know, any way that we can reduce that and, and live a healthy lifestyle, we should be doing to, to try to live longer. Exactly. And I've just realized last week you gave me shit about my headset, Dan. You're like, how's your head battery, Dan? Mine starts all the time and yours is Dan. So I, jokes, to, I, I literally forgot to you. plug it in. Joke is on you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the, the cable right here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I think we'll wrap it up for here. Um, yeah. You do you usually do the wrap-ups, not me. I don't know how you did it. Yeah. No, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in for the <laughs> official uh, first episode of the new year. So I appreciate everybody hanging in with us, uh, throughout the few years. If you're brand new, you know, again, our whole goal here is to provide free information to folks to live a healthy lifestyle, try different things, experience different things, but ultimately be successful with your goals and objectives. And again, everybody's different. So, you know, if we're talking about a subject that doesn't apply to you, it's more knowledge to just understand what's happening in your bodies, understand how we can kind of adjust that. And your goals should shift and change, you know, as time goes along. So, you know, we hope you're enjoying what you're listening to. And uh, we appreciate all of our listeners uh, from 2022, you know, always motivating us, posting, you know, things on social media. You can find us at We Hack Health on Twitter, all the different various uh, social media outlets, our Discord server, which is a great, you know, f- you know, uh, community of folks that are just helping uplift one another, uh, which is at We Hack Health on Discord. So discord.gg slash We Hack Health. Uh, but tune in next week for another great episode of Hacking Your Health. And uh, we'll talk to you all soon. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Catch you next week.